Welcome to the Architect of Change Show with your host, Connie Whitman of Whitman and Associates. Now, here's Connie. Hi, I'm Connie Whitman, your host, and you're listening to Architect of Change on webtalkradio.net. Thank you so much for joining me this week. My motivational quote, interestingly enough, is by Albert Einstein. Again, I feel like I've been picking a lot of Albert Einstein quotes. He's brilliant, clearly, or he was brilliant. So the quote says, there are only two ways to live your life. One is, one is as though one is as though nothing is a miracle. The other is as though everything is a miracle. Do you believe in miracles? Have you ever experienced one? And my last question, are you able to describe what a miracle is? I think we all have preconceptions uh, that a miracle is something magical that happens and really is beyond our control. So let's take a look at the definition of a miracle. And in the dictionary, it's listed as a noun, and the definition says, a surprising and welcome event that is not explicable by natural or scientific laws and is therefore considered to be the work of a divine agency. If this definition is true, then miracles are the work of a divine agency. It implies that we don't have any control over miracles that maybe happen in our lives. But do we? Today, my guest, Karen Tumaz, is going to discuss miracles, what they are, and how we can get some of that. Karen is a certified IET, published author, public speaker, retreat facilitator for over 20 years, angelic cure, mystic, and lastly, and most importantly, my good friend. I don't know about you, but I'd like to, I'd like to control and have some miracles enter my life. Are you ready for some magic? Please help me welcome Karen. So, Karen, thank you so much for being on the show. Oh, thank you, Connie, for inviting me. It's always fun. It is, and it's funny because you and I just have been so ridiculously busy, and every time we chat, we're like, yeah, we've got to do that show of miracles. Yeah, we've got to do that show of miracles, and it really kind of fell to the wayside. So last week, we were able to have lunch, which was awesome, and we started talking about this concept of miracles. So, you know, that was my definition I just gave was Webster's definition. I'd like to right. hear the Karen definition of a miracle. <laughs> <laughs> well, the Karen, Karen definition is pretty much the same, a supernatural occurrence that is unexplainable by science, something that occurs that there's no other explanation than there's divine intervention or some sort of intervention that's supernatural. So do we have control then, if that's, if, if that's true? Not always. Because there's plenty of people that get miracles and there's plenty of people that don't get miracles. What I have noticed in my experience is that if you stay aware of your surroundings, you can draw a miracle vibration closer to you all the time. So we do have a little control. We do have some control. Okay, I like that. See, I'm a control freak, so I like that I can <laughs> attract miracles because, you know, I'm, I'm into that kind of thing. So right, let's, let's put some perspective on examples of, and, and let's talk from your experience. So what miracles have you experienced personally, and can you share some real examples? Because I think people can bite into that and understand that. 
Okay. Well, my, my biggest miracle is actually a physical health miracle where I was diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis when I was very young, uh, early 20s. They told me I would have to have my hips replaced by the time I was 30. Wow. And when I was 29, I started on a more spiritual path. And within a year, my arthritis was gone. My rheumatoid arthritis was gone. Now, before that, every different season change, especially the summer into fall and the winter into spring, I would have such excruciating pain, I wouldn't be able to walk. I would pretty much drag my leg behind me through a lot of the winter. And the only thing that seemed to help was a bath. Of course, you know, the medicines they put you on kill your stomach. It, yeah. was, it wasn't a lot of fun. And it's something that runs in my family. So I was, in my mind, I was destined to, to have this affliction for the rest of my life. But as I started my spiritual path, I had a friend named Marlene who is a Native American, and she kind of helped me along and told me what I needed to do, which was to visit this saint, a uh, Catholic saint I never heard of. And I thought, well, okay, I'll start praying. I'll ask to be healed. And I started asking to be healed, and within a year, it was gone. The pain was gone. I went through an entire winter without dragging my leg anywhere. And a few years after that, when I had gone to the doctor, I was experiencing some aches and pains, and I said to her, I go, oh, it's probably my arthritis. She said, let's do a blood work on you. I said, okay. So I go back in for the checkup and the review, and she says to me, I don't know where you got the idea you have arthritis. There is no arthritis anywhere in your chart. There's none in your blood. It doesn't show up anywhere. And I thought, wow, it's really gone. So now you said <laughs> she gave you this saint. You had never heard of it. You're like, yeah, all right, I'll give it a shot. I'll pray, to it. I'll pray to it. Let's see what happens. Did you believe at first or did you do it because you trusted Marlene and think, yeah, what have I got to lose? Or did you believe that, hmm, I wonder, I wonder? I approach everything with an ounce of curiosity. And I always think that, well, doing a couple prayers or asking for healing or whatever, it doesn't take much effort. And sure, I'll try it. I'm not going to be any worse off if it doesn't work. I'll still be the same. So really, it's, it's just being open-minded. I guess, yes. Yeah. You could say that. Okay, so that's good. I, you know, um, recently, uh, somebody who listens to this show, I received a really lovely uh, Facebook post, and she said, you are the most open-minded, non-judgmental, because I have some interesting topics that some are really out there, right, for the average, you know, person uh -huh. like myself, and some are, you know, about business, where we're like, oh, yeah, leadership skills are important. So when you have the ones that are a little bit out there, I really try to approach it open-minded because you never know what you're going to learn whether you believe it or not and the people listening whether you believe it or not it's a new perspective that maybe you wouldn't have heard or thought of before so I like to challenge people to challenge their their comfort zone and their brains of what is believable not believable etc so this miracle concept you know to me is, is beyond intriguing 
Now, that was a great story of your yourself. So anybody that's ailing, you know, reach out to Karen because she could certainly set you on, and I'll give her information later, but she could set you on the course perhaps of self-healing if, if that's something you believe could happen. Do you have any other examples of I, miracles? I do have a, a great example because one of the words that you're using is believe. And you don't need to be, you don't need to believe for a miracle to occur. Maybe you need to have hope. Uh, possibly you have to not block it or disbelieve, but even disbelief doesn't work. The one story I want to use, and I'm not going to mention the guy's name, we'll call him Rabbi Dan, Okay. is a man who had leukemia. It was the third recurrence of it. He was very upset, of course, that it had returned. And friends of his had recommended him to me. So in the process, he wanted to meet me before we, he set up the session, which I thought was normal. I'm like, okay, we'll meet at a coffee shop or something. And he says to me, well, I can't meet you in public because my congregation might see me with you. And I thought, well, I don't have a sign on me that says healer or psychic or anything like that. It will be okay. We met. He, was, he said, okay, he set up a session. He came in for a healing, and I worked on him. And while I was working on him, he revealed that he didn't really believe in God. He didn't really believe in any of uh, but he was at his wit's end and just wanted to try one more thing before he went back and told his family that his cancer had returned and went through his treatments and did all of that stuff. So I said, well, it's okay. You don't have to believe. But the fact that he was sitting in the chair, of course, said something. Sure. He definitely sure. was, was hopeful. So I worked on him. He said, how often do I have to come back? I said, you don't ever have to come back. He left. It was around Thanksgiving time. And I did not hear back from him, but I did hear back from his friends who recommended he come and see me that he was cured. The leukemia had just disappeared. So that was a great, to me, I was very, very happy to hear that because I believe that we're all capable of healing ourselves, but especially because this person who was so low was able to achieve and able to encounter a healing for himself. And that was a miracle. And I know that he's talked about his miracle to other people, not necessarily adding in that he went to a healer and that's how he got healed, but but it's just so wonderful to know that those things are out there and they're out there for everybody. It doesn't matter who you are. Miracles are there for everybody. I, I love that. So really, he just had the hope. Now, two things you said that were interesting. He was, he's a religious man. Is he really an, a rabbi by trade? He is. Yes. 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 He is. So he's a religious man. And he, first thing he said is that he didn't believe in God. So I, that was interesting to me. Hmm. It was interesting to myself as well. <laughs> yeah, wow. Talk about having a calling and not believing in the core concept. So that's interesting. My other question, I know everybody's thinking the same thing as I am. What did you do with him in that you use the word treatment, but what did you, and he never had to come back. So it was literally one treatment. What did you do to him, for him? What, like, what was that little process? Can, well, that, I... As you mentioned at the start, I am an IET practitioner, which is an angelic therapy. And basically, I did energy healing. 
So many people are familiar with Reiki. Sure. It's very similar to Reiki. And basically that's what I did. I just sort of moved the energy around. It is known as hands-on healing, which a lot of people think that hands-on healing means you put your hands on somebody, but you actually do not put your hands on them. You're working with their energy field, so you're always maybe a couple inches from the body, but you do not touch them. And that's what I did. I just do whatever I'm directed to do or feel is right to do. That's what I did with him. Did he tell you he felt differently after or felt the energy between you? Because, again, you're not touching him, but you could feel people's energy. So did he, did he remark in any way? Yes, he did. He said he could tell where my hands were. Usually when I work on someone, I have them face away from me, and I work on them from their back. Mm-hmm. Uh, he could tell where, where my hand was at different times. And he did say that he did feel some sort of energy going on, like a little bit of electricity yes, in a certain cool. area. And he never called afterwards to thank you no. for, wow, I didn't, that, I didn't, ex- I didn't expect him to, to call or anything just because of the beginning attitude or yeah. what he brought to the session to begin with. And and that's fine. I didn't need that, but they the angels made sure I got confirmation. That yeah, well, well, because I always wonder. Friends. Yep. Because his friends, you know, let you know, which is real. Because you do, you want to know, did yeah. it work? Did, was I able to help this person? You know, there's a satisfaction, I would think, for you as the healer. Well, the main the main thing is I wonder if it's doing anything. Am I? Is it really working for people or not? Of course. Of course. I understand that. Let's take a break. When we come back, two great examples, your rheumatoid arthritis, and that's a very painful, I had an uncle who suffered with that, very, very painful. I have another uncle currently who's suffering with it. It's deforming as you age. It's really a brutal, um, uh, you know, ailment. So, Yay for you. And another great story with the rabbi with leukemia. So that's uh, two really interesting stories. When we, after, we come back from the break, Karen. So you, you said that we, we can't control, but we can maybe open up for a miracle to enter our lives. So how are, my next question will be, how are or how can we uh, present that opportunity for miracles to come in? So we'll take a break and then we'll discuss that, okay? Okay, great. It's a shame when you're feeling stuck in your business and you feel like you have nowhere to turn. It's a shame when you slog through long days in your business and you don't get any return. It's a shame when you feel like you can't see the forest for the trees and your business brings you to your knees. Einstein said repeating the same actions over and over won't produce different results. So stop feeling ashamed. Your business and you deserve better. Change that shame into righteous fame. Connie Whitman can tame that shame. Connie Whitman of Whitman Associates will help you to discover your new path, and nothing will ever be the same. Connie's tried and true one-on-one coaching sessions will tame that shame so you and your business will not continue in vain. Call Connie Whitman of Whitman Associates today at 732-888-1420. That's 732-888-1420. Or email Connie at WhitmanAssociates.com. Call Connie. Turn that shame into your game. We are back. We are speaking with Karen Tumez, and we are talking about, did you know that miracles happen every day? That's our topic. All right, so 
I want to get me some miracles, Karen. <laughs> how, do I, how, do I, how do I bring them into my life? Well, I think that the quote you used in the beginning of the show is excellent. You can either look at your life as nothing is a miracle or as if everything is a miracle. And we know just from different scientific research and the big self-help improvement and the spiritual movement that we have going on in the world, that when you see everything as a miracle or you look at everything with gratitude, you draw more things to you to be grateful for. And a lot of them we will discuss or call miracles. There's so many of them out there. And there's little miracles and there's big miracles. When you start looking for and receiving your small miracles, like winning a game that you wanted to win or winning something physical, like going to one of those coach bag bingos or something and winning the bag you wanted, things like that, those are all little miracles. Even though people will come back and say, well, scientifically, there's this statistic that you would have won that bag anyway, but a lot of times that's not the case. The science doesn't work it out. The statistics do not work. There's always that odd thing that happens. And so to present or to bring miracles to yourself, one of the things is to start becoming aware of the different tiny miracles that happen in your life. An example of a tiny miracle is wishing you could get somewhere early and you know in your head there's no way you're going to get there early, but somehow you arrive early. That's a tiny miracle because statistically you're taking the roads that's always backed up with traffic. You're leaving at a bad time. There's all these things that you know happen all the time that are going to stop you from arriving early, yet somehow you get there early. These are little miracles. When you start acknowledging them, you pull bigger miracles into your life. All right, I have to share an example. And it's so ridiculous, but, you know, it's a great example. So, you know, my kids play hockey. And I've used this story before because it's, it's truly to me a miracle. And, you know, I giggle about it every time I think about it. So as you were describing this, I was giggling to myself. So they play hockey. They play the high school team plays at this one rink that the parking is kind of an awkward situation. So when it's the dead of winter and there's snow and ice and you have to park in this upper lot, which is just treacherous to walk down. It's got potholes. It's just terrible. So every time we're on the parkway heading south towards the exit, I tease my husband and I say, oops, wait, I have to put it out in the universe that we're going to get a spot on the lower parking lot. So my husband poo-poos me and goes, yeah, yeah, okay, go ahead, go talk to your universe. It's a big joke. Every time we pull into this awkward parking lot, you'll see a line of cars and he'll say, there you go, Miss Universe, there's no spots. And I go, we're not quite in there yet. I am hopeful. And as we pull in and all the cars go up to this really far parking lot, None, you, you, it's like magic. All of a sudden, it's sudden, somebody turns their lights on and they'll pull out and he just looks at me and he goes, you're a witch. So one day, <laughs> but wait, it gets better. So I would do this all the time and we would always get a spot on the lower level. So one day, we're heading to the thing and I go, ooh, ooh, I have to ask for the spot. And he goes, oh, there's not going to be anybody there. We'll get any spot we want. I think we're the only team and the other team and there'll be plenty of parking. I go, okay, then I'm going to challenge the universe and I want a spot, first spot closest to the door, which is never available. So he's like, 
you're a witch, it's not going to work, you're crazy. So now we pull in, and of course there's spots everywhere, just as my husband had predicted, and he says to me, oh, see, there's spots everywhere. I said, that wasn't my wish. My wish to the universe was the first spot. Keep driving. And as we pull in and we turn this bend, don't you know, first spot was available. So he just, again, looked at me like you are a freak. I said, you ask and you shall receive. Now, it's a simple little thing, but I giggle every time I do it. Tar, it works every time I do it. Mm -hmm. So that's a little miracle to me. It is a miracle, and you don't need to believe that it's going to happen. It just is going to happen. Yes, that's, so that's that, it. And that's how you start. So you start with little things like parking spaces, and everybody knows about the parking spot angels and different things like that. Yes, yes. So you start with something small, and then you start with something larger. So there may be a miracle you want to focus on, and it could be good health or it could be a financial miracle. It could be a relationship miracle, something that makes no sense that it could happen for you. And you just go from there. And sometimes you want to be patient because it doesn't happen over the night, over all the time. So, for example, when my RA was going, it took a good year before it was gone. It wasn't an instantaneous, and there's plenty of stories of instantaneous miracles. Most of them do occur over time, though. Yeah, and instantaneous miracles are really, to me, huge miracles when it, when it happens, especially if it's a big one and it happens, like you said, quickly. That's kind of cool. What are some, so raising awareness and being mindful, okay, um, that's one way. And, again, our little examples that we gave, the parking spot, et cetera. What is another tool that people have perhaps to tap into that energy? I'm going to call it energy. Okay. One of the, the big buzzwords out there, law of attraction, mm-hmm. Find things to you that, that you would like, and that includes miracles. One of my favorite law of attraction tools are the vision boards. Mm-hmm. A vision board is a board that you paste pictures on of things that you want in your life. And we see kids do this all the time. They'll cut out pictures of things that they want. They put posters of what they want on their walls. So they naturally know to do this. But as we move into adulthood and we're taught to be mature and to think straight and things like that, we get away from it. However, the vision boards seem to really pull to, to people what they want. It's very simple. It's easy to make. You cut out pictures, you write words of what you want, and you put it somewhere. Also, affirmations. People do this with the affirmations that they put all around their, their homes. You put it somewhere where you can look at it or that you're going to see it peripherally. You do not need to keep focusing on it and stare at it for many hours a day or even five minutes. Just have it somewhere where when you're walking, you will see it peripherally. It automatically begins to pull that energy into you because what we see with our eyes, we believe. So if we see this car that we want and we believe that we have that car because we see it every day in our kitchen, if you put your board in your kitchen, say, and then next thing you know, in another year, the car is sitting outside for you, maybe two years if it's a really expensive one. But doing that helps pull it to you, and you don't even realize you start to change your life to accept that in. So the vision boards are a great, I think they're a great tool. 
Yeah, and it's, I think I think most people are visual, whether they learn visually or example like this, to keep it in the front of your brain. Now, you said you want to write affirmations on it. Can you give everybody an example of what a type of affirmation you would put on your vision board? Well, you can, you can place anything like love. I usually put the word love all over my vision boards because I like love. I like to be loved. I like to give love. I throw that all over my vision board. But some affirmations that people might use, here's one that I give my different clients and students, and they love it, and they come back and tell me how wonderful it works, which is oceans of money effortlessly flow into my bank account. Nice and easy. Oceans of money effortlessly flow into my bank account. So you could write that out, post it all over your house if you're looking for money to be coming in. You can say it over and over again. And that's a law of attraction tool as well that begins pulling that in for you. Because when you're saying it, adds a little bit. If you're reading it, if you're saying it out loud, adds a little bit because you're using more of your senses besides just your eyes. Mm -hmm. See it? And, and that's the, that this premise of the vision board works with, um, I want to say it's called neuro-linguistic programming, where when you see something over and over again, your, your brain fires to bring you what you see over and over again. And, and a great example of this, um, you know when you're going to buy a car and you, you, you have it narrowed down between the Toyota Camry and, let's say, the Honda Civic? So you, every, now you leave, and, and you want it in white, the color white. Okay, So now you're on the road driving, commuting to work, and it seems that the only cars that are on the road are the Toyota Camry or the Honda Civic, and they're always in white. And you think, gosh, were they always there, or am I just aware of it? And really, that's that whole idea of the law of attraction. You keep thinking about it, right, because you're mulling it over. What should I buy? You're thinking about it, thinking about it, thinking about it, and voila, in front of you are the cars, right? So that's that, that's that same kind of premise. Yes? It is. It is. But the best thing about the vision boards is you don't even have to think about it. Right, because it's, it's almost a subconscious vision, right? It's visually exactly. in our subconscious. Exactly. Now, another, another thing, Karen, I, I do this at night and in the morning. I do my gratitude, I call it my gratitude mantra. So when I get into bed at night, I kind of replay the day. And I don't say, oh, I should have done this. I, I don't beat myself up. I do the reverse. I think, oh, thank you for um, no traffic heading in. That was an awesome commute. Thank you for a, sun, you know, a sunny, beautiful day. If I run into someone that I haven't seen in a while and we have just a really pleasant experience, Exchange. You know, thank you for letting me run into that person. It felt so good to see them. They were so they were legitimately happy to see me. So I do that at night, and then when I wake up in the morning, I do my gratitude of thank you for my beautiful life. Um, you know, I'm grateful for all the work that my clients you know provide, and I'm grateful for my great kids. So I do my little mantra. Is that another piece of how you attract things? Absolutely, and that falls into mindfulness as well, because if you're replaying your day, you're being aware of what was going on during your day. Also, as we spoke about in the beginning of the show, that gratitude pulls more gratitude towards you. It pulls Definitely. more of that energy to you, more things to be grateful for. 
You know, it's funny when I when I am really grateful like for my clients, etc. This one day, I walked into one of my clients' location, and I have to walk through. I guess you would say it's like a cafeteria, and to get to where the training room is, and it happened to be a big meeting for managers, and I hadn't seen most of these managers in a year, two years, three years, four years. Karen, they lined up to say hello to me and greet me and hug me and I miss you. And I, when I tell you it was, the, to me that was a miracle that not only were they all there, but I happened to be there on the same day. Every one of them stopped what they were doing and you could hear my name. Oh, Connie's here, Connie's here, Connie's here. And they lined up to give me that hug. That was the most, you know, and I remember it like it was yesterday. What a precious moment of being appreciated. And, but I think, I think, I think I bring that to myself because I give, right? Because I love, I love, love people, and that they feel that intensity of my intention to give them whatever they need, um, you know, from from a business standpoint. So it, it's very touching when it does happen as well. And I'm grateful, you know, oftentimes I'll look back on that moment and think, wow, I'm grateful that people resonate with me like that. You know, why? You know, it, I'll never know, perhaps, but I, I am grateful for that reaction when people see me who haven't seen me in a while. So I, I think gratitude is so important. The other thing you said, and we're almost out of time, but the other thing you said, Karen, that you put on all your boards is the word love, 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 because you love being loved, but you love giving love. When you give a lot of love, you get a lot of love back. And you know, that old saying, when you give more, you get so much more back. So if you give $10, you'll get $100 back. It really is true. When you give, you get so much more in return. It's, to me, that's a miracle as well. Mm-hmm. And one of the things is to do whatever you're doing without attachment to the outcome. That's a big part of miracles occurring. Yeah, we all, see, I'm a control freak, so we want it a certain <laughs> way. No, it's true, Karen, you know me. Uh, you know, I want it a certain way, and it's got to look this way, and it's got to come from this source, and oftentimes I get slapped in the face by the universe, and it says, yeah, we're going to fool you today, and that's not how it's going to come to you. So you really, that, that is a well-added piece. Put it out there, but without any attachment specifically because a lot of times then you become disappointed which is so ridiculous we have 30 seconds left in that time you know we, now we've talked about raising awareness we've talked about the vision boards we've talked about affirmations and putting multiple senses into whatever it is that you're wishing for and to, to put it out there without any attachment if somebody is new to this whole concept of miracles or just that law of attraction idea, what, what would be the one thing you would say to them in addition to everything we just talked about? I would tell them to go to Barnes & Noble and look for some books because oh. there's plenty of examples out there, there is, that will fall to them and help get them on their path to miracles because not everybody wants to make a vision board not everybody wants to meditate or do gratitude but there's plenty of different methods different roads there's many roads to the same place and they'll find their own method their own uh, source and tools to use to help create their miracles it'll resonate with them mm-hmm yes 
Absolutely. In addition, I highly recommend a Karen, an injection of Karen Tumaz personally. <laughs> uh, my husband and I use her with frequency, I think. Uh, so if you want to have just even a conversation with Karen, uh, you can, let me say, I don't have your email, but I have your website. It's KarenAngel.com, but I want to spell Karen because she doesn't spell it a regular way. Well, you know, a common way because she's one of a kind. So Karen is K-A-R-A-N-A-N-G-E-L. So Karen with an A dot com. You can also uh, follow her blog, which I do read. They're brilliant. It's www.karenangel.blogspot.com. And again, Karen with an A. And Karen, you have an email address. I don't know why I didn't write it down. You're in my, you're in my memory of my computer. What is your email address? My email is very easy. It's Karen at KarenAngel.com. Excellent. So I, I really do recommend reach out to her, even if you want to ask her what book she would recommend. Maybe that's what's speaking to you. By all means, reach out. Wealth of information, Karen. Thank you so much. As usual, you know, you blow my mind, which I just love. Uh, you guys, I'd like, I'd like to hear your stories as well, and I really will share them on the show. So email me at Connie at WhitmanAssoce.com. So it's W-H-I-T-M-A-N-A-S-S-O-C.com. I really do look forward to your stories, ideas, or topics that you'd like me uh, to cover. If you're driving, no worries. You know my routine. I will put Karen's email address and her website on the webtalkradio.net platform under the show Architect of Change. And you can literally go back to your office, click on it, and easy peasy, you will find Karen. Karen, thank you again for being on the show. Awesome. I appreciate your time. Thank you, Connie. A pleasure and as always. I, you know I love spending time with you. And everyone listening, I hope you will join me weekly as we question, build, and discover together how to grow and challenge ourselves so we all embrace change and realize that it's possible and so much easier, easier than we oftentimes think. So thank you again, Karen. Uh, thanks for your insights. And I feel inspiration that we can all bring those miracles uh, to us. You've been listening to Architect of Change with me, your host, Connie Whitman, on webtalkradio.net. Thank you, and have a wonderful and exciting and, of course, an inspired week. Look for those, um, look for those miracles, guys. Thanks again. You've been listening to The Architect of Change with your host, Connie Whitman of Whitman Associates. Thank you for tuning in. We're glad you were here. Time may change me, but I can't trace